I'm Sarah Humphreys, the executive editor of Real Simple, a busy stepmother of two, and an amateur cook who loves to cook but has lots of questions. And I'm Sarah Karnasevich, the food editor of realsimple.com, professional cook and a working mom who tries to give you all the answers. Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where the professional cook, that's Sarah Kay, shares insider advice and secrets that the busy amateur cook, that's me, can use in her own kitchen with her own family. So this is our last episode of 2015. Cheers. So I actually brought a treat for both you, Sarah Kay, and for our illustrious engineer that we spend a lot of time with, Zach Dinerstein. I was just passing by this donut project on Morton Street. Yeah, I'm so glad you did this because I keep walking by there and like staring Zach. mournfully through the window. Yeah, so I, ha- I, I, I got caught and I had to go. <gasps> and they have, a, um, they have an eggplant donut that looks, I'm sorry, eggnog donut. It's oh my a God. special it's a special for the holidays, and I thought we could just enjoy our eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> here's that. Here's some napkins. Oh, there's some serious frosting, actually. Well, I, you know, I'm a frosting girl, so I mm. had to go for it. And I do have a knife somewhere. I'll get it for in a second. But Thank anyway. You. These, these look amazing. Yeah, let's celebrate with some eggnog in the morning. And let's talk about the end of 2015 and the all rush we're going through right now, which is the last minute gifts. Oh, yeah. I took the day off yesterday to supposedly go Christmas shopping, and that did not go well. Hang on, before we get into that, yeah. would you both like to take a bite of your donut and tell our listeners how amazing they are? I taste the whiskey. Oh my God, I do too. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. And there's this nice That's little really caramely. And the nutmeg. Mm-hmm. I like the, the uh, texture of the dough. It's got a nice little chewiness to it. A snap, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. a little wet. It might be because I, 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 I carried them for a little yeah. while. Quite good, have to say. So that's the donut project on Morton for those who are local or traveling to New York and are in the West Village. Yes. Okay. But now we need to get down to brass tacks and talk about last-minute gifts because I know I'm still scrambling. You're still scrambling. I'm, so, I'm always scrambling. It's the worst feeling. And you, I feel like, obviously, the beauty, beauty of a gift is something that you've actually put time and thought and effort yeah, into. Yeah, and I, hate, I feel like every year we get to this place where, you know, you're— you have three people left on your list that you have nothing for, aunts or cousins or whoever, and you end up just going out and buying some, like, random thing just so that they have something to unwrap. And it's just such a waste on so many levels. Completely. Plus, when you're apologizing for the gift before the opening, yeah. it's never a good sign. And then that is not what Christmas is no, about. No, and I think that the universal thing that everyone loves is food, and so it's an easy thing to come up with something food-related to get people. And we're going to give you some ideas, both that you could make last minute, but also buy. This is like the Amazon Prime episode or the local bookstore. So first, we're going to talk about some actual edible gifts, things you can buy or make. We have a lot of ideas in the December issue. So many. And also on realsimple.com. I mean, it's just there's a slew of collections of gifts. I mean, there are... A full range of possibilities here from the more labor-intensive to the super, super simple. And I thought we could just talk about, like, maybe three or four of yeah, them Yeah, that sounds really good. One of my favorite from the December issue, which because it is so simple and it's just one of these things that you will actually – people will use. And I just – it's just for some reason not something people always think about making for themselves – is a homemade whole grain pancake mix. Mm. So instead of, you know, just buying the box from the supermarket shelf. Or the Stonewall Kitchen Or the Stonewall Kitchen version. We basically buy two tons of per week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, which is great. But um, you can can make 
a lot more of it yourself and then kind of batch it out in pretty jars or, you know, with like little tags on them that feels personal. And it's really simple. And also it just saves so much time in the morning when you want, you know, you you have pancakes on a weekday. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be Sunday. And, you know, we have a recipe in the magazine. It has, you know, like less than eight ingredients in it. It's just a combo of brown sugar, whole wheat flour. I think we use white whole wheat flour, a little bit of cornmeal, baking powder, baking soda, and kosher salt. That's it. That's easy. And then you just make a huge, huge batch yeah, of it. Yeah, and, and you then just spoon it out, it out yeah. into, you know, those, I love those like weck jars, but you could use What are weck jars? They're another kind of kind of preserving jar okay. that are just like a little bit more special looking How than- How do you spell weck? W-E-K? W- W-E-C-K. W-E-C-K. Okay. They're the ones, they don't have the same kind of full metal, metal collar that- um, a mason jar will have. Mm-hmm. Um, they have kind of just like little clips on the side. They're very pretty. I'm sure you've seen them. They're available online. They're a little bit pricier, but they're still not that expensive. And if you're just, you know, buying a few of them for gifts, it's a nice like little thing you can do to upgrade it mm-hmm. just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you could, if you wanted to kind of add to it, you could give that to someone with a really nice maple syrup or a you know pretty spatula or something like right. that too. Right. Or just like a just pretty ribbon. Round it out. A I feel little like bit. ribbon actually goes a yeah. long way. <laughs> so that's one thing. And you know, in the same theme, we have a bunch of granola recipes on the site and I feel like that's another no fail because mm-hmm. you can just make that on, you know, just batch it out on baking sheets over and over again and kind of do an assembly line yeah. one after granola factory. Yeah. And, again, just put that in a pretty jar or a bag and tie it with a nice ribbon and give it to someone with some pretty spoons or a nice bowl or just on its own. And that's something people will be eating the week between Christmas and New Year. Well, I was thinking about both the pancakes, pancake mix and the granola. One of the best things I think about a food gift is one you give that they'll actually eat, say, the morning of Christmas Mm -hmm. or the morning after. Like, we have these friends. She always brings over this coffee cake, which is just, it's like a very basic coffee cake. But you're always like, well, is is Mary Nugent's coffee cake here? Absolutely. Where's Mary Nugent's coffee cake? Can we turn the oven on? And we always have it. It's just, it, it it's actually very memorable to bring something. Well, and it becomes part of will... the, your Christmas tradition. I mean, we yep. have the same sort of thing. My mom's best friend, Liz, always every year made um, batches of sticky buns for all mm. of her close friends. It was like her family recipe. She would deliver them the day before Christmas. Yep. And on Christmas morning, that was what we always ate when we were opening presents. And if we didn't have Lizzie's sticky buns, it wasn't Christmas. Right, right. Yeah, it's a really nice tradition. Uh, the other thing that I did notice, I was in the container store the other day, day buying about 20 rolls of wrapping paper, and they have very cute tins right now. I mean, there's a lot of places to get tins, but I feel like putting that granola in like, even oh, just totally. a, wet, a baggie mm-hmm. or a bag inside a tin is really nice. Yeah, and those tins you can reuse. Yeah. That's always good, too. If you want to go uh, away from the breakfast arena, I have been on like a simple syrup making jag lately. <laughs> we had a, a party last weekend. And I made a couple um, simple syrups just for that because I knew we had some people coming who weren't drinking, and I wanted them to have some nice things to put in their soda nice. water for a what, little bit Which ones extra. did you make? 
Um, By I the mean, way, full disclosure, I was invited to this party. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. come. I'm not talking, just rubbing it in your face <laughs> yeah. right now. The awesome party I had last weekend. <laughs> um, I made a ro- rosemary is one of my favorite ones to make, which is really nice in a like a mocktail with just some lime juice and, you, you know, just plain seltzer water or ginger beer or something like that. Nice. I made a cinnamon brown sugar one, Ooh. which is really nice uh, in a cocktail <laughs> with wow. bourbon or a little hard cider. So all, you know, these all so simple in execution. And you could do, you could make a ginger one with fresh ginger or using candied ginger. And the, the idea being that you just combine an equal amount of sugar and water and then, you know, a, a generous portion of whatever you're going to be flavoring it with. So if you're doing a rosemary, say you're doing a cup of sugar, a cup of water, and four or five, you know, nice bushy sprigs of rosemary, and you simmer that until the sugar dissolves. You mm-hmm. stir it. So really just five minutes. Mm-hmm. About. Then you take it off the heat. You let it sit for about 20 minutes until it cools. And then you strain out the solids and you have a flavored That's a really syrup. nice gift. And you can put that in a pretty bottle. They sell, you know, you go to Ikea and mm-hmm. they have really pretty glass cork top bottles and all the things for two bucks. And you could give that to someone with you know, a pretty vintage bar spoon or a jigger or a nice bottle of kava or something like that that you're only spending maybe 10 bucks on. Yep. But it just makes it seem like a bigger, more special gift. So that's like kind of a nice, sophisticated, elegant, you know, <laughs> refined gift. Let's talk about puppy chow. Okay. I didn't even know what puppy chow was besides a dog food. Until we started the food department, started Real Simple Food Department started brainstorming ideas for a food. What were we story. calling it during? The, it was like oh, it was some, muddy puddles or like yeah, everybody has their own <laughs> name for it. I had no name for it. I didn't even know it existed. But um, it's basically what like a Czech cereal. Yeah, it's like a sweet. It's almost like a sweet version of, of a Czech mix. Same kind of thing. You have like the cereal pieces, like the. You could do corn checks or rice checks or a mix of them. I think it usually has peanuts in it. Uh, and our version is uh, so you have chocolate chips, peanut butter, butter. You basically melt it down. Oh my God. And then you toss the cereal in that. And, and then don't you add powdered sugar sometimes? I feel well, like at sometimes the, it's re- like at the end. At the end, you, you have like a sprinkling of if it. If you haven't yeah. already coated your checks in enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Peanut want butter, a butter and chocolate of snowy confectioner yeah. sugar at the end. I do know it's it's kind of gross looking. I would say, although maybe not. It, oh, it's pretty. But I think people people are obsessed with it, and it's like it's like the crack of Christmas cake. It is, so, and all really all it involves is doing that, like melting all those things together, tossing it together, and you spread it on a baking sheet, and and then you let it cool. That's it. I have my own my own lowbrow. Um, it's kind of like a cereal bark, almost in some ways yeah. too. And yeah. you just put it in some like in a pretty bag. Yeah, those like glassine, waxy bags yeah. are nice. It will get sticky if it gets melted a little bit. Yeah, uh, not great in the warm weather. Don't give it to your you know 
nieces and nephews unless you want them like bouncing off the wall <laughs> unless you're leaving yeah, promptly before thereafter. dinner yeah <laughs> um i have my other, my own lowbrow food gift that i make almost every year and i'm i'm coming to the end here and i'm not sure i'm gonna get it done but i i'm gonna try to do it this weekend which are i make buckeyes mm-hmm. i'm not from ohio i'm not from the midwest i don't basically linda boehner who i've mentioned before who is not related to john boehner um is one of our very good family friends from when i was growing up we still see her and her family every christmas eve and she always made these buckeyes you know which are basically depending on the recipe and we definitely have one on realsimple.com you know a a healthy mix of butter peanut butter sometimes some cream cheese confectioner's sugar that you basically mix into a a dough in Mm -hmm. some ways and then you just form balls, and then you just melt some chocolate and dip them in. And they are so good. <laughs> They're so bad for you, and they are so good. And they keep, like, an exorbitantly long time. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if they should be kept that long, but I've, like, <laughs> but I it milk works. those things. I make extra. I put them in the freezer, and I yeah. eat them out of the freezer like they're, you know— like they're going out of style. So that's – and they're a huge hit with everybody. So they're kind of fun and, you know, they're not something you have every t- – you know, all all year round. So My uncle makes a so- – I'm starting to realize that there's like a booze theme <laughs> to all of my family's gifts. But my uncle makes us all maraschino cherries every year. And so everyone in the family I gets, love that idea. Yeah. So real – so in the summertime when like cherries are in the market – He's. All, I mean, this is requires advanced planning, but he buys enough cherries for everyone to get a little jar, and he does a whole like flat of jars, and you know, in in real maraschino and everything. So these are like your real maraschino cocktail cherries. I've never had a real maraschino cherry. It's, you'll never go back. Yeah, I mean, I know the the neon red ones have their place, mm-hmm. and if I'm having a hot fudge sundae, I totally want that on yeah, top. But yeah. for your Manhattans, yeah, it's gonna really up your it really ups your game, and so it's kind of fun. And uh, now we all count on it because it's like by the time Christmas runs or, uh, runs around, we're like low on our supply, <laughs> and we're like, when's Michael going to give us our? Can cherries? I ask one question? Mm-hmm. What is maraschino? It's a liqueur. Oh, okay. So I've never, maraschino. I didn't actually ever realize it was liqueur. I thought it was just some sort of name of the the bright red cherries. No, it's a liqueur. Um, Luxardo is the brand okay. that makes it usually. I mean, I don't know if they're the only people who make it. And you can get Luxardo cherries, which would be another lovely gift if you don't, you know, you don't have time to make your own. They're a little pricey, but again, one of these kind of specialty food items that is really That's a really, really nice, nice gift yeah. last minute. So a lot of great cookbooks and baking books came out this year. They always do. And for someone who loves to cook or even for yourself for a little gift, it's a really nice thing to, you know, wrap up a book. Yeah, and this is prime cookbook shopping season. We've had some great things kind of trickling out all year, but come fall, that's real. It's like, you know, how they release all the Oscar-worthy right. movies at the end of the year. It's same thing with Same cookbooks. thing with cookbooks. It's like all, a lot of heavy hitters have come out in the last few months. And... I know we've tried to talk about cookbooks a little bit here and there on the show, but I did think it was, like, worth mentioning just kind of, like, quick hit of some of our faves of the year. Definitely. So if people are standing in front of that huge table at the bookstore and, you know, totally overwhelmed, um, there might be some things that jump out. And I personally have a couple favorites that might seem a little not like the f- the first thing that people might might think of like one of my favorite 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 books 
cookbooks of this year is called Mamushka. Okay. And it's by a British-Ukrainian young woman named Olia Hercules. And that, that is such a good name. Yeah, and she is the coolest. She is adorable, and her food is amazing. And it's a book of Ukrainian food, and if you think that Ukrainian food means, like, brown sauce and dumplings and just kind of meat, you know. I actually don't even know what Ukrainian food means. This book will just totally blow your mind. I mean, it's full of herbs and bright colors and incredible soups and just... Every page of it is dreamy. Mm. And when I first got it and flipped through it, I I started, like, marking pages. And pretty soon I was like, uh-oh, this is really not a good plan because I've marked every page. And I will just say, as another thing, you know, since we've been talking about homemade gifts, is that she has this jam in it that I actually think is worth the price of the book alone and I've made this jam twice now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that I will probably make it, like, every two months for the rest of my life because I need to have it in my refrigerator Okay, you have to tell times. us what about it, please. Um, it's plum. It has plums and raisins, and you soak mm. the raisins. I think, yeah, you soak the raisins in rum. Of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And every recipe I'm going to tell you about oh, is going to have booze I thought in it. I was bad. You're even worse. <laughs> this is so good. You soak them in rum. It's not like really a boozy jam, but it has a little bit in there. And you cook them down with some plums. So this was great in the late summer. And there's sugar in there and, you know, everything. But it kind of just forms into this like thick, jammy compote. It's this dark red, you know, the the sort of earthy sweetness of the raisins and the tart plums and just a little bit of tang from the rum. You know, mm, it gives mm-hmm. it that just like a hint. You can hardly place it. It is ridiculous. And I just spooned it into like a big jar and keep it in my fridge and I thought I made a huge batch of it the last time and I thought oh this is going to last forever it is two thirds of the way gone and so on the weekend with toast like butter your toast Mm -hmm. and then put that on top of the butter and you're going to feel like the queen yeah okay Uh, another book that I loved which is just full of great real ideas for home cooking was Ruth Reichel's cookbook that came out right this yep. fall called My Kitchen Year. Yep. And I talked to Ruth about it right when it came out. We had a little conversation on the site. And again, it's just one of those books that when you start thumbing through it, it's like real food that real people will want to make, even though it's Ruth's book and she has been everywhere and mm-hmm. done everything. Yes. And But, you know, And I guess it makes sense because the whole conceit behind the book is that these are the recipes that kind of got her through that crazy first year after Gourmet folded. Right. So we should just mention what happened, right? Yeah. So Ruth was the editor-in-chief of Gourmet magazine, you know, the most storied food magazine. I still can't believe it's gone. For more than 50 years. I mean, she wasn't the editor for more than 50 years. But the magazine was just an institution. No, I don't think anyone thought it would ever go away. And then basically one day in 2009, Ruth came to work and was called into the publisher's office. Never a good good thing. And said that the mag, told that the magazine was closing. So it was shocking. It was really shocking. And, and 
it was a crazy time in the magazine world anyway. But for Ruth in particular, it was kind of like she had to rebuild her life and yep. figure out, you know, where she was going next from there. And this book is about how she sort of did that in the kitchen. And it again, it's just a beautiful book. And she's and a beautiful writer, too. Like, it she's is. Just and such a... It's filled with little vignettes. And um, I love the way the recipes are written. They're very loose. And so it really feels like a conversation when you're reading it. She encourages you to kind of improvise as you're comfortable. And I think it would be a great book for a beginner cook or an or anyone at any level. Yeah, I think because, you know, really cookbooks serve so many different purposes for people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for one, they're inspiration. And sometimes they're just, you know, they're not necessarily practical. They're way more kind of high, uh, highfalutin, but really mind-blowing. And then there are other ones you actually really want to use. Yeah. And and hers seems like one you'd actually... Totally. You'd actually come from, and you and would teach. You know, it's a teaching book. I think in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if she's encouraging you to be loose, that means that theoretically, sometimes you could actually start winging it. Yeah, absolutely. And my third and final recommendation, speaking of teaching books, would have to be the Food Lab, which the subtitle of is Better Home Cooking Through Science. And this was written by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, who is the, I think he's the culinary director at SeriousEats.com. Okay. And he's got this sort of like fabulously mercurial, geeky approach to cooking, where he's basically, you know, if, if people have heard of Harold McGee, who has sort of written the other sort of great book on science and cooking. This is, I think, Kenji's book is going to be like the new generation. Okay. Book. And he he applies this like incredible hard science attitude to all of the techniques of the kitchen. And but in this way that is like really exciting and approachable and just loaded with good information. And I think if you are just getting started cooking or just want to, like, take your game to the next level, you are just going to find, like, a gold mine in this book. I mean, he talks about everything from how to make the perfect French fries to, you know, the absolutely ideal marinara to how to do a full sous vide setup at home. Um, so it's, like, the full gamut. And I think that if you have like a geek in your life right. who is maybe a little shy in the kitchen, this could be the book to kind of draw them out. I also think it'd be a really fun book if if you have a son or a daughter who's like, you know, 10-ish, whatever, mm-hmm. like of the age to actually really, who, who actually really likes to cook and wants to get involved to, um, to, to use the science behind it to get them even more excited. Yeah. Okay, those all sound like great ideas. I feel pretty good about um, everyone's prospects for <laughs> their last-minute gifts. And I will say, you know, that's just three books, but um, we're putting the finishing touches, and then by the time you hear this, I'm sure actually it will be up on the site, on a roundup of even more of our favorite cookbooks from 2015. All of the food people from the magazine have uh, contributed some of their own picks. So we're gonna, we'll have a longer list online of the three that you just heard aren't doing it for you. Great. And I also think there's no harm in going back to the old school books that people don't have. Absolutely. Which we talked about a lot of in our cookbooks episode of the podcast you can just search for on SoundCloud or iTunes. That was There was like a bunch of ideas yeah. in there too. So thank you so much for joining us today for Things Cooks Know. We'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel, and our 
lovely engineer, Zach Dinerstein. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on iTunes. For a million more great cooking tips and tricks, as well as last-minute gift ideas, you can head to realsimple.com. And if you have topics you'd like us to cover next time, you can tweet them to us at Sarah P. Humphreys or at S.Q. Karn. We'll be back next week.